Hello, and welcome to the OnTIC Protective Intelligence Podcast. I'm Fred Burton, the Executive Director of the OnTIC Center for Protective Intelligence. During my years as a counterterrorism agent with the U.S. State Department and time spent as a physical security expert in the private sector, I've seen it all and met many fascinating people along the way. This podcast series explores the riveting world of protective intelligence through conversations with leaders in the security field. I'm Fred Burton, and now on to the podcast. Hi, I'm Fred Burton, here today with Eric Bishop. Eric is the author of The Body Man. Eric grew up in Connecticut and relocated to the South after college. He's lived in the Rockies and the Pacific Northwest before heading back east to raise a family. The wanderlust has never left him, and he's always yearning for the next adventure. After many years in corporate America, he chose his passion for the written word and chased his dreams of crafting a novel. And today, we're here to discuss his debut novel, The Body Man. Eric, welcome to the Ontic Protective Intelligence Podcast. Thank you for having me, Fred. It's quite an honor to be on with you. Eric, you have high praise from the likes of our friends Don Bentley and Jack Carr about your book, The Body Man. Tell me a little bit about it. Absolutely. So, well, first of all, I'm, I'm a, appreciative of all that um, kind words that have come from fellow authors. I, I think if you can impress fellow authors, then you, you've kind of done, definitely done your job. You, you want your audience to love your book, of course, but um, it definitely means something coming from peers who have walked that path before. Um, so I'll tell you the, uh, the way I sold the the book or the, what I had come up with to actually get the publishing deal was, uh, you know, not, not too complex. I basically, my, my little elevator pitch was, you know, who protects the life of the president? Well, that's the secret service, but who protects the secrets of the presidency? That's the body man. And he's just vanished without a trace. Um, normally when I've, to- I've talked to strangers in the last couple of weeks as the book's been coming out and kind of giving them that same spiel and they're all kind of like, well, this is very interesting. Tell me more. And it's a good conversation starter normally. Yeah, it's a very good one. In my past life, I've been fortunate enough to have worked for the Secret Service and for the State Department and the whole operation with the protection of the most powerful person in the world is just simply amazing to see. So I think you really, really touched on kind of a fascinating topic in this space and one of which that I had not read before. And I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, I um I wrote three books before this one. I pitched them. I went to Thriller Fest for a couple of them, tried to pitch them. And um, they weren't military thrillers, but they definitely had heavy military overtones. And what I had gotten from feedback was fairly positive. But one of the things I kind of heard from multiple agents was that, well, this is a really kind of small market for military thrillers. And a lot of the people that kind of get their foot in the door have a military background. And I'm I do not have a military background. I don't have a government background. So I'm writing about something um, which I've definitely researched for sure, but I do not, you know, I was not part of the Secret Service or the FBI. The experience of this has opened up some doors. I've taken, we can talk about it in a few minutes, but I've, I took the FBI Citizens Academy class, which was quite an honor to do several years ago. But so it's kind of opened some doors for me, but I did not have that background like you did with, you know, with what you did and the authority you could speak of with, with writing Beirut rules. I didn't really have that. So um, it's been an interesting, interesting journey to tell this story. And also, I think 
highlighting the Secret Service, highlighting aspects of the FBI that people might not be aware of. Um, first of all, I learned a lot. And also, I think it it kind of opens up that market a little bit bigger to, you know, outside the military genre, of course, and making it more of a political thriller, which was, I was just trying to get my foot in the door. I was trying to sit here and, you know, have an interview with Fred Burton was the goal years ago to to have people hear my voice and read this book. Well, you're very kind to say that. Uh, I think you really nailed the banter. I love uh, FBI agent uh, Eli Payne and just how the correspondence and the discussion goes back and forth. So you did a mighty fine job there, Eric, with uh, the narrative of the story. And and uh, for those of you who are listening to this podcast, we're we're discussing The Body Man by Eric Bishop. And this is uh, Eric's debut novel. Is that an accurate statement? It is. You know, it's the first. Uh, so I wrote three. So this is my fourth completed novel. And this is the first one that actually is published. I have those three that um, I really different character. Again, the, the genre is not dramatically different uh, in the storytelling, but um, they're books that I almost view as my apprenticeship. I will readily admit I had stories in my head for years and I never finished them. That was that was kind of the one of the big things I've kind of gone back to as I've been speaking with people even the last few weeks. And I try to really encourage other, it, not just writers, it transcends writing, but writers in particular, since that's where I'm coming from, is I had written a lot of things over the years and I never finished any of Fred. So when I wrote that first book back in 2014, um, my main goal was really to prove to myself I can do it. And in, in essence, prove to my children that if you put your mind to something, you can accomplish it. And I did. And it was an amazing experience. I finished that first novel in Yosemite Valley, which probably besides my two kids being born is probably memory and, and, and highlight number three of my life. But uh, unfortunately, it did not get published, did not get picked up. And I just had to keep pushing, write the second book, write the third book. And really, that's I think that that experience of writing those three books and learning each time I wrote, learning what I did wrong, what I did right, uh, getting a lot of criti uh, criticism and feedback, not cr uh, creative criticism from folks um, or productive criticism. Those uh, experiences really did allow me to get to the spot where the body man with, I'm sure, flaws. I'm sure my editor would step up and say, well, you had a lot I had to fix, but I was able <laughs> to get this fourth novel to a spot where I could actually sit with you. I could um, sell copies. I could be a published author. So it, you know, it took seven years, seven years and four novels to be sitting here at this spot right now. That's an amazing story, uh, Eric, of uh, persistence and just the desire to follow a dream. Had you always wanted to be a writer? No. So I, I enjoyed reading. I started off as a reader, and that I give completely to my father. Um, my father worked for the phone company up in Connecticut, up in New England. And he'd be on long jobs, and he would be sitting in manholes and in his truck and in the bucket for hours, sometimes many hours if he was doing overtime. And he'd always bring home a tattered old soft cover book, and he put it down, and I started picking them up. And I recall picking up my first Tom Clancy book when I was uh, a young man and reading it and not being able to put it down. And so it really started with a love of reading, which then morphed into writing. At some point, I finally got enough confidence to say, well, I think I can do this. I didn't know that I could do it as well as Tom Clancy. I think a lot of that confidence came when I started actually reading Vince Flynn, 
Uh, once Vin- Vince did what he did, he took what Clancy made, which was breathtaking, and he concised it. So instead of a thousand page book you couldn't put down, you know, Vince did a 350 to 400 page book that you couldn't put down. And that then is like, well, that's how I want to write. And so I, and even in college, I started writing poetry of all things. The poetry just kind of morphed, which was probably pretty goofy. That really morphed into writing novels and short stories. But again, like I mentioned earlier, I never finished anything. And it wasn't too, till 2014. I was probably going through a, a mid thirties crisis, life crisis. And I said, you know, what do I want to do with my life? I really want to write a book. And, and I did it. And then the question is, okay, can I make one successful? Can I actually have it be my, my income? And that's, that's now been the new challenge to try to see if we can get this thing to take off. And maybe in a few years, I can do this for a living. Well, Eric, I've uh, watched your journey for quite some time on social media. And um, I would encourage everybody that's listening to this to, to follow Eric on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I must say that uh, you have such a compelling story about uh, never giving up. And I know in this business that because I hear it pretty much uh, every other day, people are trying to get published or people want to write a book. And it's hard. It's hard. As someone who has been fortunate enough to have a few published, I understand completely how difficult that is. What advice would you give to that person that's out there now that might be sitting in a follow car or driving a police car or working a midnight shift and they want to write a story? They want to be the next Eric Bishop. What would you tell them? I appreciate you saying that. That, 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 that warms my heart. You know, the easiest advice, and, and this actually goes back to uh, Brad Thor. This is who I heard say it first. Some, he might have heard it from someone else. But the only difference between a published author and an unpublished author is the published author never quit. And I believe that statement really transcends to the person that's not yet finished with that book first. And I, I literally have had conversations with people. I, I met someone in the post office this morning. I was uh, fortunate that one of my coworkers bought two copies of the book, said, I want to get them signed. I said, I don't really have a mechanism in place. I'm struggling with local businesses or local uh, bookstores selling them. Um, send them to me and I'll, I'll sign them. So I got to the post office this morning to mail some other stuff. I was literally getting box from Amazon with two books in it. And the lady behind me saw me and she's, uh, cause I was talking to the lady cashing me out and she said, are you a writer? And I said, I am. And she said, uh, how did you get published? And you know, I told her real brief. And she said, well, I'm not done yet. And I said, okay, here's the advice that everyone needs. Don't quit. You're not going to get published if you don't finish that manuscript. Will you get published if you finish that manuscript? Not necessarily. But I can guarantee you, you will, you will not get published if you do not finish that first draft. And then really, that's probably when the work starts. But that's okay. When you finish that first draft, that feeling most people get is pretty undescribable. And hopefully that feeling will carry you to fix that first draft, to start looking for agents, to start looking for publishing if you go with a smaller publisher or or even self-publish. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with self-publishing. But you got to have a manuscript out there that people want to read and that people want to tell someone else about. And if you do that, you've done your job. We'll get back to the conversation in just a moment. But first, I wanted to tell you a little about Ontech's Center for Protective Intelligence. In the world of protective intelligence, we know that gathering and sharing information is crucial. 
This is why we created the Ontic Center for Protective Intelligence. We're regularly sharing strategies and best practices, insights learned from current and historical trends, as well as lessons learned from physical security experts like you. To find blogs, podcasts, webinars, white papers, and more, check out the center by visiting ontic.co slash center. That's ontic.co slash center. Okay, now you have the body man out, and I don't want to give it away because it is a very compelling read. What happens next with uh, Eric Bishop? Is this a series, or are you going to start over with something new, or what's on the horizon? It is. So I've got a three-book deal, so I, I have to deliver The Body Man, which I've done my job now, and The Body Man's not my book anymore. That was that was intimidating a little while back. I gave the my final edits went through with the publisher, and I think I even posted on social media. I was taking a walk one night, and I said, you know, this book isn't mine anymore. This is everybody's, whoever wants to purchase it, of course. Um, but now I'm, I'm knee deep into, I, I need to be neck deep, but I'm not neck deep yet. I'm knee deep into working on the sequel, which I have tentatively titled breach of trust. And I think it's a pretty solid, uh, description of what's happening in that story, which is, uh, picking up right at the end of the body man, but pretty much. And, uh, I'm really, I'm, I think the title will hold, I believe. And it, like I said, it describes the story pretty well. So I've got to deliver a breach of trust, uh, no firm date. I'm thinking the fall of 2022 for that. Need to confirm that with the publisher soon, and then uh, then we'll do a third book. And uh, I've I've got a couple others. The, the the way I've kind of done the Body Man, I can see a couple, almost a couple other storylines coming off there. A couple of the characters carrying their own series. I don't want to be too ambitious and think I'm you know uh, Mark Graney going to do uh, multiple books a, a year. That probably is going to have to wait until I um, have this be my primary source of income, primary job, because I'm I'm battling two. Uh, a job of two kids, and uh, I'm a very active dad. So I, I write at night. Kids go to sleep, I write. Um, if I don't have the kids a particular weekend, I'll really try to dive in. But uh, yeah, the goal is to hear my hear my words for a while, but really more important, read my words for a long time is is my is my master plan. And we'll see if uh, we'll see if that works out. So you write at night. Uh, I get asked this question a lot. I I get up very very early. I don't know if it's just because of my age or what, but I. I get up and I write in the mornings and from usually from four to five and then take a break. You write late at night. Craft wise, do you think about the ending before you begin or do you put together an outline and go from that or do you just start writing? That's a great question. So I will readily admit I'm mostly a pantser. Now, Panzer in the, I'm not, I've been fortunate, you know, we talked a little bit before, and I've, I've been fortunate to interact with some very well-known and successful authors that I admire and uh, love, love any interaction I get with them. And one of them would be Kyle Mills, who, especially great to have a connection with Kyle because he now writes what was my favorite book series for so long, the Vince Flynn series. And Kyle's, he, he's amazing. And he does like a 40,000 word outline. You know, that's a better part, more than a third of a book, basically. I do not. So I, I know where I'm starting every story that I've written so far. Uh, typically, it's based off the title, actually. The title is kind of my my jumping point a lot of times. And I normally know, so far out of the four books, it's pretty much all the case. I know where I want to take it. And I normally know kind of sort of what I'm going to do with the ending. 
in some form or another. And then I might figure out a little bit of the middle and then I dive in. And that process has taken me a couple of weeks sometimes and it's taken me months to plan out a book that way. It just depends on what I'm doing. If I'm editing a, a former book that I finished, I was trying to sell. Um, so I, I utilize a uh, composition book, first of all, that normally has a lot of information put in it. But I've unfortunately probably been using the last couple of years more so my iPhone and the notes feature. The positive on that, it is updated through the iCloud. So Apple tells me. Um, but I put a lot. So if I'm out walking, which is pretty frequent, I try to walk four to five miles a day or I'm doing something with the kids and an idea pops in. A lot of times just grab the phone, go to the notes. I have a note for each book or for each story. Go to the bottom of it and just say, okay, this needs to happen in this chapter and oh, add this little quirky line or whatever. Um, and then I just go back to those on a regular basis to read through my notes and go, oh, yeah, that's what I was supposed to do. And sometimes I have to go back and fix a chapter. Um, but that's my normal routine. And it's it's changed a little bit recently with getting the book deal uh, just because of the requirements that are on me. So I've had to kind of modify my schedule, but I mainly do write at night. That's normally you're up in the morning at four o'clock. I'm sometimes going to bed at four. So that wouldn't work well for me. So I, I have to sleep in a little in the morning and start writing at night. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm always interested in how people make the sausage when it comes to putting these books together. Now, we have a mutual friend in Jack Carr. Tell me your Jack Carr story. Yeah, so how I met Jack, um, which was a pretty fun story. I was at Thriller Fest in 2018. And after, I think it was the Friday night session, they, after after the panels uh, finish off, they always have a uh, kind of a meet and greet happy hour where there's drinks and everything. I think you get a ticket for a free drink. So I was in there talking to some authors I knew. And then there across the um, across the the ballroom, I guess it was, I see this bearded guy and I go, that looks like Jack Carr. And I had never not read The Terminalist. I believe it had just come out. I don't know if his book came out in April or May of the first one, but it came out a few months earlier, I believe, before the conference. And um, he was talking with someone and I kind of stayed back because I fanboyed for a minute. I had interacted with him online. And uh, as soon as he freed up, I kind of darted over there, you know, put up my hand, got to shake his hand and kind of just got to know him from there. You know, I spent a few minutes talking with him. Uh, he knew who I was from online, which was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And, uh, we just started chatting and it was kind of funny. He, uh, he mentioned a few other authors. And I said, well, Brad Taylor's over there. I had just been mentioned. I'd been talking a little bit to Brad. I'd met, had met Brad several times. He was also very helpful early on with the body man and giving me some pointers. And he goes, well, I've talked to Brad online, you know, emails and that, but I never met him. So I kind of like, well, let's go meet him. So I, I can formally say I brought, Jack Carr to meet Brad Taylor for the first time. And, and then they were off the races. Then I just sat back, a uh, total outsider at that point. They did not make me feel that way. But I was just a fan watching two operators talk shop, which was, I have a picture of me, Brad and Jack at the end of the night with our arms around each other uh, that I, that's that's up on the wall. And uh, it was a fun experience. And, and Jack's, uh, like so many authors, Jack has been a huge source of encouragement and motivation. Because uh, he's a very dedicated person, he's persistent person. He knows what he wants and he goes for it. And if it doesn't work out, he pivots. He motiv he he transitions to something else and finds a way to make it work. Which is what I've tried to do on a much smaller scale. Obviously, I'm no Jack Carr. I don't have any of the uh, things going on in some regards that he has with the Chris Pratt things and everything. But I can learn from him, and that's t that's what I try to do. I try to learn from these authors. I'm fortunate to interact with, even if it's just a brief conversation or, or messages online, I'm, what can I learn from them? How can I 
take what I'm doing in my life or with my writing career and how can I learn from their experiences? Yeah, that's a great story. And you're absolutely correct. Uh, Jack uh, is a very decent guy who goes out of his way to help people and the scope of his influence in this space, uh, much like uh, Brad Thor's, is just simply amazing. I agree. Eric, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to say? No, you know, Fred, this, is, this has been a great time. I, again, I just want to encourage authors out there, no matter what's going to happen with them in the process, is that they need to stick with it. Um, and it's very daunting. And, and you know, people might finish those for that first draft and might realize this isn't for them. I don't want to publish this book, or I don't want people to read this book. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I try to, though, encourage people to finish that first draft just for the sake of accomplishment of how they'll feel. And again, like I mentioned with the fact that if you have children, you can tell your kids, hey, if you put your mind to something, you can accomplish it. And that's really what I've tried to share with people as I've been doing some media these last few weeks and the book coming out. Um, you know, I've told this and I'm not trying to belittle myself. I think I wrote a great book, but I I'm nobody special. I'm not some former secret service agent that found a, found a neat little story to quietly share with people and all that. You know, I'm, I'm very much a regular guy with a family, a regular job, but I had a dream and that dream was to be doing just this, talking to people about a great book I was able to write. And how did I accomplish that dream? I accomplished that dream by doing the hard work by not quitting and persevering. And I think anyone that puts their mind to something can accomplish at least something. Whether they can accomplish what their end goal was might be another conversation, but they can at least accomplish the fact that they finished the first draft. They maybe pitched it to an agent and got rejected. Well, try. Keep trying. And if it if you don't if you don't succeed, find out what you did wrong and see if you can fix it next time if that's what you want to accomplish. Well said, Eric Bishop. Uh, let's go out and pick up a copy of The Body Man. It's a wonderful thriller. And thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you, Fred. It was an honor speaking with you. I appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by the Ontic Center for Protective Intelligence. Learn more at ontic.co slash center. Again, that's ontic.co slash center. It was produced by A.J. McKeon. Our music is a track called Monte Verde Ride and was written by Brian Bristow and performed by Smokin' Novus. Check them out on Spotify. Please remember to rate and review our podcast on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcast at ontic.ai or visit ontic.co slash center for more information. I'm Fred Burton. Thanks for listening.